Hey, I'm Dr. Drew, and you're listening to Drilled with Dr. Brady Podcast. episode or the current episode not the next episode boy blew the intro just blew the intro welcome to today's episode of the drilled with dr brady podcast i'm dr brady here with lowell hey i've been looking for this i just found my iWatch. it's been sitting here all oh. along <laughs> oh you left in the bat cave serendipitous serendipitous oh okay so thanks for joining us today as always, we are thrilled that anyone would spend their time listening to us. Uh, I need some help today. <laughs> well, I'm here to steal your spotlight, as you said in the last episode. So. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Lowell uh, is going to help me with some parenting advice. <laughs> I don't know if you want my Gentile parenting advice. <laughs> Lowell, Lowell has a couple dogs. <laughs> I also have more nieces and nephews you can shake a stick at, so let's do this. <laughs> I got a lot of nieces and nephews, too. I'm sure you do. Um, uh, you don't, you don't, uh, that's, bringing a, that's bringing a knife to a gunfight against a Mormon. <laughs> we, uh, that's what you just did. Uh, okay, so I have four children. Uh, my oldest is uh, my daughter, Lucy, who is 11 and a half. She's about to hit the fun times. Basically, she's like 16, and it's frightening right now uh and then tucker george and mason they're eight five three so my my boys um uh, uh so my issue okay so <sighs> my daughter is very good at dancing she's a great dancer i've seen the instagram photos or yeah instagram yeah videos with you and her so she wanted this was a couple months ago she wanted a tiktok account and because of all the effects and the things you can do with TikTok videos, like that's all inherent on the app. Like you can't just use your iPhone to take pictures of yourself or videos of yourself dancing for your own record, right? My niece has a TikTok where she does something similar like that. Uh, she dances and lip syncs to crazy stuff and does like a lot of cosplay stuff. Okay. She's got like 80,000 fans right now. Yeah. How old is she? Uh, she is 15. Yeah, see, I don't want that for my daughter. <laughs> and especially because if it's like a girl, it's cosplay or dancing. And, uh, you know, you just, it just, um, with a number like 80,000, what percentage do you think I have nefarious thoughts whilst watching? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, like, I, mean, I don't know. It's not zero. It's not zero. It's more than zero. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so I just, listen, it's my daughter. I want to protect her. And my wife does too. Um, so we created this. So I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, I said, what I understood it to be was she could have an account. And I think I was told wrong about this. She could have an account 
where she basically just uses it to post, which is, and, and she's totally private. So no one can like follow her. Um, but she just does it to post and, and she said, and she's promised not to like look and scroll through TikTok, Right. So we're like, I don't think I want her seeing the adult content that TikTok has to offer, which is very adult content. Oh man, it's uh, it's the wild west right now. Right. Um, I mean, listen, you can cuss any word you want. Um, you can see violence. Um, there's cop shootings that are uh, the trend right now. And you can see all kinds of stuff happening. You can see fights breaking out. And so there's violence involved. There's sexual things of sexual nature. There's... Um, uh, you know, girls dancing. There's no nudity that I can tell. Um, I was actually, strangely enough that you mentioned that bringing a knife to a gunfight. Uh, I was actually taught how to use TikTok and like how to really use the functions and features by a 17 year old Mormon dude. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. He knew all the, all the, he's like, here's how you configure it to get, see exactly what you want to see. Cause I'm yeah. like, I'm seeing a ton of stuff here. I don't care to. He's like, no, come here. Check this out. Yeah. And he just totally synced me up. It was just like in 10 minutes, I was rocking and rolling. Well, okay. It's so, a precipice. So, so the rule was, okay, you can do this, but you need to uh, do a TikTok video with me every week. Because I just wanted to like do like a daddy-daughter TikTok. Mm -hmm. I guess like a weekly little thing. We do it. She comes up with a little dance. We choreograph it. She's going to look good doing it. I'm going to look stupid. It's going to be great, right? And so she said, fine. She's always been resistant towards that. I've always been like, hey, let's do a TikTok together. She's like, no, dad, you suck. And I'm like, that's true. I do. <laughs> but I still want to do TikToks with you. So uh, I thought it'd be fun. So we did a few of them, but it became very, uh, yeah, she hasn't done the last like two Sundays. And it's my fault. I don't push it that hard, but we haven't done it. So a couple of, and then so my wife brings me her TikTok feed. And you can tell by looking at her TikTok feed that she's been watching a lot of TikTok because she copies other people, right? So you can see these dances that people do and these cool lip syncs and, and it, it's, uh, it just got to uh, some uh, material that I'm like, I don't want her copying these individuals um, at all. And it's you know, on her part, it's, you know, super innocent, but I'm thinking about the creepos that are out there. Right. Um, and then I know that she's scrolling through TikTok. So here's the thing. Do I outlaw TikTok? TikTok. If I outlaw TikTok, if I ban it from my home, right? These are the questions. Uh, do I employ some method of censorship? And if so, how can that be done? And uh, what, you know, at what level do I censor everything else? You can find questionable material on Instagram for sure. Oh, Facebook for sure too. I mean, How do I couple that with like all of her friends have Instagram accounts, right? Is she going to be, am I going to be the jerk dad who makes her the only one who doesn't have that? Oh man. Uh, it's a tough, it's a minefield, man. It's a minefield. And I feel uh, a little inadequate. So... Well, what would you do if your dogs wanted to have a TikTok account <laughs> and they were being inappropriately preyed upon? <laughs> How would you handle that? <laughs> well, 
I mean, my your dogs are sluts, though. That's for sure. <laughs> so. My uh, slutty dogs. Well, this my niece is a good example because her her mom wasn't super thrilled with her having the TikTok account. Okay. Uh, but she lives in Alaska. Alaska is a very repressive place. She's kind of a free thinking, free flowing individual, and this is her creative outlet. So. Having the create using it as a creative outlet, there's going to be creep shows. No, you could go to the grocery store and there's probably going to be three creepers in there. I mean, right? Yeah. Um, oh, they're everywhere. You yeah, don't, you yeah. Just yeah, they're next to you all the time and you don't even know. I really think it's, it's case by case, man. Like, if you're just asking me, if you're just asking my opinion, it's not the most educated opinion, definitely slightly informed. But, um, is that if, you, if it's being used as a creative outlet, I would, if you try and ban it or shut it down. You're just gonna, you're basically just crawling up. You're gonna, they're just gonna crawl up on the cross, man. And you know, they, they're gonna find a way. To well, I feel like I've, cre outlet. I've created the forbidden fruit. Yeah, and man. by creating, like, I think it's human nature. Listen, I was a teenager, and the things that I wasn't allowed to do, I wanted to do even more. And I thought the things that I wasn't allowed to do, the things that I was not allowed to do when I did them, I felt like a grown up. I felt like a cool dude, right? I felt like, you know, that rebellious euphoria of like, I do what I want, right? So you're right. I don't want to ban it. That's not my, so I'm going to tell you my, my, so I have two, I have two things. One was, uh, there was a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast named Jonathan Haidt and it's H-A-I-D-T, weird spelling. Like Haiti? Like, yeah, <laughs> hate, but it's pronounced hate. Uh, he has a book, he's an author, and I think he's somewhat of a scholar. I think he's a, might be a professor, I'm not exactly sure. But he has a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. I have not read it, but I intended to. Oh, the subtitle is, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. And I remember listening to him on Joe Rogan, and I remember him saying a couple things. One, he had all these stats on teenage girls killing themselves and harming themselves. And it's like staggering. It's insane. Then, um, he, so he has all this data and he basically came up with some rules. And one of the rules I remember him saying that made sense, just kind of like burned in my brain was, um, no screens in bedrooms, which makes sense. Like I was never allowed to have like a TV in my bedroom when I was growing up. Right. I was, but I was the exception. I do feel like you grew up in like a little bit of the Wild West type of situation. No, I was... was it, a, it was pretty lax? No, no, no. Oh, no? Um, no, military father. Okay. Um, I, was, I'm, I can still, even in the current shape I am, probably drop and give you 50 push-ups without like, like you know, like... Because I, I had to so much. Like, it's yeah. like, lol, do it down. You know, like, do them on your knuckles. You know, like... It, yeah. Because... But um, one of the things that, funny enough... That I would I'm do. Gonna, I'm going to start employing that strategy. Just, <laughs> just you, you just told me too much information. Now. <laughs> I shall use it for evil. Yeah, I'll use it. I use it to win bets. Um, <laughs> uh, I my dad got a camcorder, and I would make movies all the time. Okay. So the only reason I had a TV in my room was because I would use it to like screen the movies and like you know check them out. You know, so I could okay. watch them on a TV. But I couldn't like chill back there and watch TV. Mm. You know, we had the TV room, and that's where we. We could watch TVs, in the so you couldn't room. connect like a like a, a a Sega Genesis or a PlayStation to the TV. This predates all of that. Okay. Um, so when I was growing up, that's that's what I, the, the, like you know video games was like. Like right now, it's crazy because I would like be in heaven if my kids just played video games all day long. 
Like, I'd be like, that's so much better <laughs> being on Instagram or TikTok as a young developing. Well, video games are kind of social media now, too. You can interact with people while you're playing. Well, she, them, plays, yeah. she plays Roblox, and Roblox is like an open world. Uh, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like Minecrafty-ish, but it's an open world interactive game. You can talk to people and stuff. And uh, it reminds me of World of Warcraft, like when you're in the big cities in World of Warcraft. You're just chilling at all the vendors and stuff, and everyone's chilling in their neutral zone, so you can't like really attack there. Um, and uh, I mean, it was, um, uh, it reminds me of that. And that chat got nasty. People like just get nasty to each other. And there had been problems with that with my daughter. Like she had friends that like she's not friends with anymore because they would have like all their fights on Roblox. This is my question. Was that her decision to not be friends with them, or did you? Or was that kind of it, like you guys? No, kind of it was between. Us? It was between them. The, them two. like they were having like these arguments, and we have. Um, we can go back through their chats mm -hmm. on Roblox and read them, so we could read, like the arguments. And I do think her friend, who just lives up the street, was being a little biatch, <laughs> and uh, and my daughter, surprisingly, I think she handled a lot of stuff really well, but she also was like. No. Well, she's also 11. Right. <laughs> right. If she even handled some of it well, that's commendable. Right. So uh, it's already kind of caused problems and like, you know, tears shed. And like, I don't know why she's being so mean to me. So she's getting into that like, girls are, can be mean. You know, boys can also be mean. Like everyone can just be mean. So, but also you want to fit in. You don't want to be the loser with a flip phone. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, but they are there, there are these phones. Oh my! My wife says the name of them. I forget what they're called, but they look like smartphones. They were invented by a guy named Colin Karchner, who just recently passed away. Who was very young and uh, passed away suddenly. But he's Mormon, and he created these phones that look like smartphones, but they only have a phone and text function, so you can't download apps. But they look like a smartphone. So at least like you're fooling. Like it looks like you have a smartphone, right? And the idea was, you, so you have a phone that doesn't look stupid but you still have the ability to communicate, which is important. There's a couple of things that definitely come to mind. She's the firstborn, yeah? True. So her, the burden on a firstborn in a multi-sibling situation usually is a little heavier than it would be for mm. their siblings. And she's the only girl in the family. Yeah, and you definitely want to worry. Like, I would worry way more about boys with a smartphone than I would about girls with a smartphone. Well, there's di it's different poisons. It's different poisons, man. You're right. Well, as boys, we know. Yeah, we know what's going to happen. If we had phone. smartphones when we were oh, 12 dude, and 13. It would have been, been bad news bears. It, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, <laughs> there aren't enough socks in the world to contain <laughs> the devastation. <laughs> the devastation. Catastrophic devastation. I think it's, it just depends on her, man. Like, it, her responsibility level, her maturity level. Do you trust her enough to, like, let her run with that? Because mm. it is a crypt. She's using it as no. a creative outlet. I don't trust. I don't trust her, and I, I think she'll she'll wander. That's the problem. So, anyways, he said this one thing: uh, no screens in the um, no screens in the bedrooms. So we have dedicated screen zones in our house now. That I just we just implemented this today, and it didn't go over <laughs> very well. Yeah, probably like a turn to punch bowl. But me and my wife were already like, okay. So when we say this to her, she's going to come up with reasons why she needs to have a screen in her bedroom. And one of them is like, oh, I do hair tutorials on YouTube and I like have a, she has like a stand up mirror. So she has to sit down in front of her mirror and do that. And I said, well, 
you can go to a bathroom in mom's mom and dad's room or bring a stand-up mirror to a place in the open like like there's no that's not an exception like you still have to like follow that rule so uh so that's the rule we're implementing also also my other thing is uh i am taking away the app from her because she hasn't been doing her dances with me on sundays <laughs> but this is also the parenting tactic is it's not just so much that like I want to do the dance really bad. Uh, I do, but it's, um, it's you, 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 you committed to something and you're not doing it. So you, now you get consequences. Well, then you get, then you get a lesson in there too, you know? You so I get the your... lesson in there too, which is like you committed to do a certain thing every week and in exchange for this privilege and you're not doing it. So you don't get the privilege now, but you can reinstate that whenever you feel like you want to recommit yourself to that. <laughs> to that to that thing. So Jonathan Haidt has this book, The Coddling of the American Mind. I'm going to start reading it. I have, I've been meaning to read it for a long time, but I'm definitely going to start reading it now. And when I listen to this guy on Rogan's podcast, he's been on a bunch of other podcasts. He was on, he was briefly featured on the movie, The Social Dilemma. Remember that movie? Mm -hmm. That was a powerful movie um, about the dangers of social media. Um, so here's what I've determined. I determined like, I can't ban social media for my children like they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be exposed to it but i can do it in ways i think that are a little bit more controlled um uh and that protect my children from the things that i want to protect them from uh so i don't know if i'm being an old fuddy-duddy or i mean i can't i can't believe that there's parents out there who just be like they gotta learn it somehow so just let them let them on there uh, once maybe again, there are some out once there. Once again, I think it just really, it, you can't, parent, parenting is is one of those things that I don't think there's a cookie cutter way to do it. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be tailored <laughs> to every single child. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I'm struggling with. That's tough. On a lighter note, have you seen Mortal Kombat yet? Hell yeah. I watched it last night, dude, son. Fantastic, dude. Uh, absolutely. It was well just done. corny enough to be like entertaining. It was just enough plot. Just enough. I, I don't care. I had a buddy of mine who was all like, well, Liu Kang was overdramatic and underdeveloped. And I'm like, dude, it was, who cares? It was awesome. That movie was not meant to be like, oh, this is a rich dialogue plot driven, luscious, seedy, beefy ass script movie. No, it's a big fight movie. It's a so big, it's a, big and, ninja magic. Yeah. And the big fight, the fight scenes were stunningly good extremely well and they made you just want scorpion a oh, spoiler alert uh they made you just want scorpion so bad yeah yeah wait what do you mean want him like to show up in the movie oh <laughs> like, i was like wait <laughs> that had that effect on you i did not have that effect on me all that dude is very handsome he, he is quite handsome that's true and uh very he's i feel like i feel like he's in every single ninja movie Every single ninja. He's movie. also in a lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah. Like I see him like he was a captain of a, like a space like station in one. And yeah, uh, did you ever watch the movie uh, Sunshine? No. Uh, it's the it's the sci-fi movie where the earth the sun is dying. Oh, and so they have this they have this gigantic reactor that they're trying to fly into the sun to reignite the sun so Earth will live. One Sound mission has failed. Yeah. 
they only have enough resources to make one of these from the entire planet, one more. So they make another okay. one, and this is the one. Like, the, you do it or you don't. When the sun's gone and everything dies. Yeah, the guy that played Scorpion was the captain of that. Mm. He was just stunningly good in He that was movie. in The Last Samurai. I remember that. Oh, yeah, well, who wasn't? Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom um, Cruise is The Last Samurai. Is he in any Marvel movies? Oh, um... Yes, he is. He is in um, uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. The, the Wolverine, the one where he goes to Yes, Japan. the Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. The Silver Samurai. That's stuff. the one I'm thinking of he was in. Anyways, great movie. I highly recommend it. Go check it out. Here's a question that I keep getting in my office. Tell me, how you th tell me if you think this question is inappropriate from patients to me. Okay. Are you vaccinated? And is your staff vaccinated? Uh, none of your business. That's what I think. We're all wearing masks. So yeah. Uh, so so when patients come up to me and they want to know if me or my staff is vaccinated, uh, I try to be as nice as I can about it. But I have to tell them like, we're not. I'm not divulging my medical information to you, and I'm not divulging. I'm definitely not divulging the medical information of my staff to you, and I'm not divulging your medical information to anyone else. So let's just keep it that way. Right. And I'm not asking them. I'm not asking them if they're vaccinated. I've had to deal with this in my. Uh, this band. is a hot. This is a hot topic now. And deal with it in, in my band. Industry. I've had to deal with it in my band. Yeah. Yeah. My bass player was going a little off the rails about people getting vaccinated. Yeah. And you know, asking about it, and I he he asked like he was talking to our drummer. Yeah. Because our drummer was taking his dad. To is get your bass player vaccinated? Uh, he's had his first shot, but he's also oh. had COVID. Oh jeez. Okay. Oh. What what have you? He also locked down for an entire year and when like we couldn't do anything. No, so. there's people out there who haven't seen their parents and like and like they like, truly truly frighten people. That is his right, and it, I, it, I fully absolutely. support his right to do that. Agree with you 100. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was starting to ask like, "Well, are you vaccinated?" And I was like, I I literally just was like, "That's really none of your business, dude. For real." Now, if it's a pre if it's a prerequisite to like come into your house, it's your house. That's your rule, and I will respect said rule. Right. But, like, you know, um, you're just kind of being weird about it. I was just like, dude, you're being really weird about it. Yeah. Like, every question is a vax question, or you are, you, if you're not, oh, you totally should. I know somebody that can get you a vax shot. This well, is let, like, me, uh, let me share a pre COVID story with you. There was, um, so before COVID ever existed, there was a measles outbreak in Clark County, Vancouver, Washington. When was this? Uh, like two years ago, three years ago, maybe. Uh, I probably just was. There was a there was a big measles outbreak. Now measles is a virus. It's a curable disease. You get vaccinated uh, when you get the MMR vaccine, right? Measles, mumps, yep. and rubella, right? Everyone, I mean, virtually everyone gets it. Yep. You don't have to get it. Um, definitely, we've uh, we've reached the status of herd immunity for measles, mumps, and rubella. So you had these arguments between anti-vaxxers and vaxxers, right? And the anti-vaxxers were always the crazy ones. They were the ones who were like, you know, the the vaccines cause autism and that was their claim. So here was the situation. When that happened, my son Mason was not quite one years old. They don't get the vaccine for MMR until they're one. So my son Mason was vulnerable. He was not vaccinated for measles. We couldn't get the vaccine because he wasn't old enough. Uh, they've made some exceptions later on. We got we actually ended up getting him vaccinated uh, earlier than than normal uh, with our doctor's uh, guidance. But there was someone in my church congregation 
that was very vocal about not vaccinating her children and very vocal about the specific measles outbreak, like on, like on her Facebook. Like she was like, she was like, all you idiots out there, if measles doesn't kill you, like measles is fine. If you get measles, you get sick and you get better and your body builds up natural immunity and that's better than these vaccinations. That was her position. So I knew her children were not vaccinated for measles, right? Which means her children could get measles, which means if we went to church together, that uh, my son could become vulnerable because she was there as an unvaccinated person, right? With her unvaccinated children. And maybe they could have measles and they didn't know that they had measles and then uh, transfer that to my baby. And if they're young, you could die from measles. In fact, someone famous, someone's, uh, I want to say it's Roald Dahl, the author. Roald Dahl uh, had a daughter. It might have been Neil Armstrong's daughter. It was someone famous who who died from meningitis, which was uh, from um, a measles vaccine. A measles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. uh, it comes from measles. So it's not common, but it's, it definitely happens. So I didn't go to church. Well, I didn't take my son to church. We didn't do that uh, for a little bit until that we felt a little more comfortable and we got him vaccinated. Uh, and then we felt a lot more comfortable. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is like, it was my risk to assess. I didn't need the government's help to like, ban these anti-vaxxers. I knew where they, I mean, I actually, she was so vocal about, I knew that that was the case. Um, and even if I didn't, it's like, I live in a world where people have freedom. And like, that's something where like, I don't know what anybody has who's sitting next to me. So I run that risk on every single human being every time I go outside or every time I go to church or every time I go anywhere to work, to work anywhere. Yeah. You always run that risk. The risk is always there. There's always someone about to drop an atom bomb all over your face. That's true. So when it comes to this question, are you vaccinated? When patients start, because the patients want to know. There's some patients that definitely want to know. You know what I feel like? I feel like, you know, like the kids in school who were like the first to raise their hand to be like hall monitor. <laughs> you know the type? I know the type. Like, like lusting for power. Uh, they usually become cops later on. Yeah, maybe so. These are the people I think who are in heaven right now because they're like, these are the ones who are like telling everyone to put their masks on and like asking if they're vaccinated and making sure like policing the rest of us. Like you don't need to do that. So my position on that question is, you know, I don't, I don't share confidential medical information with my patients about myself or, uh, or my staff, but I can assure you, you are in a very safe environment. Uh, but if you need to know that information, uh, you know, you can go to a different office that might give you that information. Be comfortable divulging. Yeah. Personal but it might be more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Offering that information up. Uh, but we are in a very safe environment and, uh, we do care about your safety greatly, but we also care about the privacy of, you know, the members of my, of my team. So, that's what dentists are getting. It's kind of a tough question. Well, yeah, I think they're not alone. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty much uh, it's across the board. Um, I was yeah. at a, um, a small uh, barbecue on Saturday, and uh, we had there was a guy <laughs> <laughs> at the barbecue. At the barbecue, did you invite him to the barbecue? I, it was not my barbecue. Oh, okay, I was a guest. 
at the barbecue and um it was volunteered that most of the attendants were vaccinated okay it was an outside barbecue yeah it was a pretty nice day actually in camas for the most part okay um and there's just there was a dude kind of started being weird about it asking people and stuff yeah and uh he asked me and i promptly told him it was none of his business yeah please move back <laughs> you should say what's your aid status <laughs> are you hiv positive or negative yeah. i need to know i need to know how that hurt are you high are you high risk do you do you do you uh, uh participate in activities that are high risk for hiv i need to know that right <laughs> now uh yeah people are being very people are led to be very comfortable and that's what's scary to me is that why are you so comfortable asking me that like you should not be comfortable asking me that like that should be inappropriate see now i don't think it's inappropriate if say someone is coming into your house or they're coming to your house for me to tell ask them to ask them coming to my home because I they are know. literally going to be in your bubble in your territory on land that you are a tax-paying owner of sure you know what i mean i don't think that's inappropriate if you feel so inclined okay do you know because you're you're it's your you know it's your bubble but, you know, in a professional setting to just expect somebody, especially when they're, you guys wearing as much PPE as you do. Yeah. Seriously, dude, you're just splitting hairs at that point. <laughs> and and the fact that dental offices haven't had a single outbreak that's been traced back to a dental office. I mean, you know how many like, times the sanitizer has sprayed me as I've tried to walk by it with a camera? Oh, yeah. More times than I can count. I think I've got a stain on the back of one of my shirts. we got the those. motion detector. I know. Uh, it gets me every time. The motion detector sanitizing. <laughs> Uh, units that will that'll they'll get you, dude. Yeah, they will get you. They'll, they'll get you. <sighs> the people who feel comfortable with this. Here's the. I think about what's the reason why people feel comfortable. People feel comfortable because it's this whole like, as long as it's as long as you've convinced someone like it's for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good compels me to ask you very personal questions. For the for the greater good, the greater obviously. good. Obviously, I'm just uh, you know I'm just uh, yeah. I'm here for the people, right? You remember Hot Fuzz? Oh, I anytime that anyone would say the greater good, everyone in Mass would be like the greater good. That's right. I remember that. I, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I should go rewatch that. that it's a good movie. Quite yeah. topical right now. Uh, but that's the problem is that people are compelled to like uh, it's all it's a, it's incumbent upon us as citizens to enforce our beliefs on all other citizens oh man it, this is weird too like i i had a, an epiphany last night um, okay so i usually thank, thank you for not calling it an aha moment no it's an epiphany oprah winfrey made it the whole the whole population of the world stupider when she came up with her aha moment uh phrase which was like there's already a word for that and it's called an epiphany so no one knows what an epiphany epiphany is. Oh, you mean an aha moment? That's what you mean? No. No, an epiphany. It's an epiphany. Get a dictionary. Yeah. I have a huge vocabulary. It, it's a fault sometimes. But um, basically, I work most days. But Sundays, I always take off with my wife. Yeah. It's her first day off. I take the day off with her, and we go do some fun thing. Right on. You know, trying to, like, just kind of have a life together, because that's one thing that my previous job did not allow. We never had days off together. Mm-hmm. So it's something I did that we, we really missed, and it's something we have a lot of fun with. But we had just chilled out, and it was kind of late, and we just ate in dinner, and we were kind of shutting her down for the night. 
And one of the things that I really enjoy watching is adult swim shows. Okay. Kind of racier adult cartoons. Right. You know, raunchy, kind of raunchy humor stuff. Um, Isn't that where Rick and Morty got started? Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, like Tim and Eric, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, you know, Sea uh, Lab 2021. I mean, like, there's a ton of them. Holla. But I was watching, just to like how the national zeitgeist for this kind of crusader movements you know you have several of them you have the the vax the the vaccine crusaders you have um like the blm crusaders you have the super right wing crusaders there's a ton of them I mean, right we're just let's literally everyone's got ca a cause an agenda i did not realize how much it had actually influenced me okay i was watching squid billies kind of this white trash rednecky kind of show and there was episodes from a couple of years ago that weren't sitting well with me. <laughs> like the humor in them was just like, wow. I looked at my wife, I'm like, I don't this episode's making me slightly uncomfortable. Like inappropriate like inappropriate in what way? Like uh some very deep seated like slavery jokes. Oh, okay. Uh lots and it was like a lot of like homophobic remarks, just straight that was the what really caught me though was yeah. like how much even if like I was watching Metalocalypse, this is not super old. Yeah. And just like, oh, that guy's gay. And just like just and then, you know, the F gay word, they were just dropping that like crazy. And it was just like, whoa. It's just it was crazy for me. Yeah. How much my perceptions of that being, you know, in just the language, how much it's changed in just five years. Yeah. From five years ago to now, how much it had just like how much my perception had changed and my outlook had changed on it to the point where I was like, whoa, this is not standing up to the test of time. <laughs> like, so when I was growing up, uh, Simpsons was uh, forbidden because of how racy and, and disrespectful Bart Simpson was to, to authority. Uh, that was what I remember hearing my parents say is like, he's so disrespectful to authority. We don't want you. It's a bad influence. Then Beavis and Butthead came out <laughs> and made the Simpsons look like, uh, yeah. like, uh, you know, leave it to be wonder bread. Yeah. <laughs> and then South Park came out. Oh, South Park did not did those. That was where, and South Park is where it went over the, like the no going back. This is it. We're going full on. Like, Anything goes. Yeah, right? no one was safe from South Park. Nobody right. was safe from South Park. But now you go back and watch Beavis and Butthead, and you're like, dude, it's mild. Mild compared to, like, where it's come to. And then Simpsons was mild compared to uh, Beavis and Butthead. And there's, like, this evolution of cartoon, and Family Guy comes out, and Family Guy's super raunchy. Yeah, but Family Guy, they, I think the way Family Guy did it is it was so outlandish. And so irreverent mm -hmm. that it, it's cause like, there's some ways to like combat things like, yeah, I would say South Park's more irreverent than, Oh yes. I know. But than, I'm just saying South like, Park was pointed. Yeah. Like they did, they weren't like, this is kind of a reverent blast on everybody when they would suck it up and they would like really focus down and like nail something. They would just keep nailing it and nailing it and nailing it for the entire episode. I mean, listen, South Park, makes some very salient points in their they do and they in, sneak in wisdom in, in, all over yeah it. in their uh, you know kind of like a commentary on social issues and they are it's it's a 
it's brilliantly done in very funny ways. Did you ever watch Team America? I did a long time ago. Oh my! I haven't gosh. seen it for a very long what time. What about ago. Cannibal the Musical? I never saw that. You should watch that. It's the Donner Party musical. Oh, by okay. the South Park guys. All right. Well, they they did the Book of Mormon. Yeah, and I've seen. I, I haven't seen the Book of Mormon play, but I've listened to a lot of the songs. And it's like, that's like my religion. Yeah. And I'm still like, eh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. They did a pretty good job. Uh, Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true story. The Mormon church took out an ad in the playbill of the Book of Mormon that said, the book is always better. Uh, if which you can't was, beat them, join them. Which yeah. was <laughs> genius. And I think it was, I can't remember if it was Trey Parker or Matt Stone. One of them was asked in an interview, um, did you think the Mormon church, like, this is so like, like, you know, anti-church. And he's like, do you, do you ever think you were going to get like, and the Mormon church is actually uh, probably more powerful than you think. Um, definitely more well-connected and more wealthy than you probably think. So uh, they, they asked him like, aren't you, weren't you worried about like this, like upsetting this huge organization and they would come after you. And he was like, no, no. I kind of knew from the beginning the Mormon, they, they were going to be cool with it. And they totally were cool with it. They paid money to put an ad in the playbill to like get people to go read the actual Book of Mormon, which I, I don't know if it worked, uh, but maybe it did. Um, so oh, I love the fearlessness of some of like creative, like comedic, comedic types like uh, Seth Rogen. Um, you know, those guys and James Franco, when they did that movie, The Interview, where they pissed off a nuclear superpower. Well, they, <laughs> they kind of caved, though. They delayed the release and it, it got like, it got nixed. They like, but yeah, they did like, they didn't think, they, I don't know that that was like the bear. Right. But I don't know if they thought in their head, I don't know if they're smart enough to like be like, oh yeah, we're going to piss off Kim. I, I think they were like, I don't think they'll even watch this. I don't think they'll even know anything about it. And then it became like a big issue. And then they got like, they canned, the, like it was taken out of theaters. They had and a I think security detail though for a while. Yeah, I don't think they knew that they had poked the. Bear. I thought they thought they were like, it's like when you call like the kid at school like a name, and then you're like, oh, he can fight. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> I didn't know that. Anyways, okay. Don't ask. Don't ask your dentist his COVID status. Or do. At, or ask anybody yeah. their COVID status, right? I mean, there's really no situation. Unless they're going to come out with these COVID passports, which they're talking about. But the Biden administration said that they're not contemplating that, which I hope that's the case. Because I'm very against That's like we're starting, we're getting dangerously close to show me your papers. Right. Well, yeah. Well, you're, you're, uh -huh. cre you're creating like a group of people who like have privileges and a group of people who don't have privileges. We're, yeah, we're getting close to show me the papers. Right. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. And if you think... That's the other thing is that that opens the door for like, uh, if you think it's going to stop with COVID. It's a slippery slope, dude. That's just the beginning to see what they can get away with. Like governments just want to like, I feel like governments are like Galactus. They just <laughs> want to devour more power. They just want more power and more, and it's devour. And it's just like this like non-thinking entity of like just gobbling up more power and, and, uh, and uh, influence. Well, me and my wife were even talking, we were driving through Portland on Sunday. And one of the things that we said was, uh, that we, it's time. It's time to live. It's time to like open the gates up, and it's oh. time to just get back to it. I Preaching mean, this to has the gone, choir, dude. This has gone on too long. I don't. I'm not being a crusader here, but I'm just saying, in my opinion, it's gone on too long. 
Oh. Presidents have been set. Dangerous presidents have been set. Yeah. And it just seems like it gets milked. It's like every time they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be done in two weeks. Oh, it's going to be done in two months. Oh, it's going to be done by the end of the year. Oh, it's two more weeks, guys. Yeah. All, all, the all the restrictions need to be lifted immediately. It Like, it clearly wasn't what they said it was. And we've been lied to a whole bunch. Like, Texas and Florida opened everything up, and their numbers... Are going down. Yeah, but they went up, and you know what happened? They went down. <laughs> right, like obviously, and but like no one even admits they're wrong. That's what pisses me off, dude. It's like everyone was predicting Texas like was gonna like kill everyone's grandmas, and then they didn't. They made the right move, and something good happened, and you'd think that people would be like, oh, and they were really quiet about it. We were wrong about this, but no, people double down in their stupid like stubbornness of like being like needing to be right. And so they, they, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci said Texas was behaving themselves or something along those lines where like he said something, uh, he was asked a question, why is Texas doing so good? He's like, well, they must be wearing their masks and social distancing. Like, like, or you're dead wrong about locking people down. And it actually, I've been to Texas recently. They, I can tell you right now, they are not. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I think too. I don't, I haven't been to Texas, but I'm just, believing. I've seen it. I, I think human beings are not behaving themselves when they're allowed to go out. I think they're going to go nuts, dude. Well, the thing is, is like when we played, we played a show last week. Uh, yeah. Packed out. That's awesome. Yeah. It was as packed as they they could have it. It's rad. I want to play, play a show. Yeah. It was super duper, uh, super duper cool. and super What was the place called again? Three Monkeys. Three Monkeys. Yeah, Three Monkeys. I'm going to call them and see if they want us to play. Uh, actually, I will give you the number of the guy that does all their booking. Yeah. Call him. Give me that. And we'll see if they want, we won't even charge money. Do they got sound there? Yeah, they got uh, like. Do they have a sound guy? No. Okay, so they have like sound stuff. You got to set your stuff up. They got QSC stuff, so it's like top shelf sound uh, equipment. Okay, but you got to no you you set it up. I think they had a DJ run it, but okay. I couldn't hear myself, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm in a band. and uh, uh, Yeah, they know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Um, well, we, we tackled a bunch of topics today. We did. I'm pretty sure we just solved the COVID thing. <laughs> this is my fifth podcast in five or in four days. <laughs> right. And did you solve the COVID crisis on any of them? No, I did this not. One? This was well, uh, definitely like I think, I had, my knives were real sharp when I showed up to this one. I think Governor Inslee's going to listen. When Governor Inslee <laughs> listens to this, he's going to be like, well, clearly he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> his doctor and his idiot pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically like like a personification of Pinky in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about irreverent. Uh, dude, you've watched a lot of Animaniacs? Oh, d yeah. Dude, Animaniacs. That needs to come back, dude. Uh, my favorite was Eek the Cat. Okay. I know Eek the Cat. Yeah, Eek the Cat was cool. I really liked mm. um, The Tick. The Tick was great. Um, and then he got his own series. I've loved every Tick show that has come out. The Patrick Warburton one was yeah. really good. And yeah. then they had the new Amazon one, which is actually shopping for a new network because Amazon canceled them. Oh. It was radical. The guy they had uh, play the terror was amazing. Hey. Hey. Oh, he's, oh, he's yawning now. Dude, it's time I'm, to time to I end the podcast. Asleep. I fell asleep talking about that. His lunch nap. Let's do a quick little um, word of the day. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I, I <laughs> nice. Oh, he's getting to know the buttons, people. Uh, that was a lucky strike. <laughs> lucky strike. That was a lucky strike. I got a secret word. Okay. Uh, it's the real term for Oprah's aha moment. So, oh, that's a good one. Okay. Making people work for it. This, okay. So uh, the secret word, we're not going to give you the word, actually. It's a clue. And the clue is, what did Oprah invent as an alternative no, nope. Oprah invented the aha Oprah, moment. Yeah, Oprah came up with the phrase, an aha moment, which uh, completely railroaded the actual word for an aha moment. What is that word? It's worth $500 of free dentistry at my office. And we mentioned it earlier in the program. And we did mention it earlier. And it's a good word. We're not hanging you out to dry. It's in the, it's in the episode. It's worth $500. Go back and find it. Or if you listen to the episode... You might probably know it. Also, if you're just kind of like a little bit smart, you might know what the <laughs> aha moment actually is called. Uh, and uh, send that to the drilled, to, send it to drilledpodcast at gmail.com. Drilledpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to keep going with the fifth person. The fifth person to get that into us will win $500 of free dental work. Remember, you can gift that to someone else and go follow us. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and check what's, out season, what's on episode well, one, season two of Nitrous with Chris Porter. Oh, let's talk about that for just a moment. Yeah, we have revamped. Uh, so before COVID, we were um, man, we were ramping up real good. We were getting lots of comedians that were interested. We get comedians and we put them on Nitrous Oxide and we interview them and have a fun conversation with with these uh, with these funny folks. And uh, people who are funny for a living, not just funny like me and Lola are, like but like, funny, ha -ha. like really funny, <laughs> uh, get paid to be funny even. And uh, we had Chris Porter come on the program. It's super great. Uh, we got a couple others lined up. We're going to keep on doing it. And, and the reason we stopped is because the comedy scene kind of died, right? And we would get a lot of these comics who were like coming into town uh, to hit the comedy clubs. And so they were in town for like three days or four days and they'd come in and, and uh, stop off at our, at my dental office and we would get them on nitrous and it's hilarious. So, uh, comics on nitrous oxide getting interviewed, check it out. It's on our YouTube channel drilled podcast, right? Yeah. Drilled with Dr. Brady. Oh, podcast. drilled with Dr. Brady podcast. Okay. Right on. I should know that. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, especially, uh, just a little highlight is that, uh, Chris Porter, who is a, Let's just say a pharmaceutical connoisseur <laughs> yes. um, explains dabs to Brady. And uh, if you really listen close, you can hear me snickering in the background. Too. <laughs> all, all I know is all I know is that there's blowtorches involved. And that's not that seems unwise. <laughs> it seems it, it's uh, ill fated. Some as, as he said, uh, I say the same. It's definitely beyond my weed pay grade. Well, if you have advice for me, too. About um, dabs? Um, <laughs> yes, sure. I'll take that. Um, uh, but more of the parenting issue. Maybe there's some parents out there who've dealt with this. I would love some feedback on how to navigate social media, how you feel like, especially if you've been successful or even unsuccessful, what you've learned about navigating social media in this current age with children and how to keep them. It's got to be tricky. There's a fine line between censoring in a bad way versus keeping people safe from actual threats. Like there's actual threats, right? There's actual danger. Uh, and sometimes the danger is just like 
Dude, I mean, this Jonathan Haidt guy talks about these girls that kill themselves, dude. And basically he boils it down to like, it's the way that social media makes them feel. And it's dangerous, man. So I could use all the help out there. Would appreciate collective collective efforts to uh, make me a better dad. Love that. Uh, also not make my daughter hate me until <laughs> she turns 22 when she realizes that I was there to help her all along. So trying to minimize that <laughs> arc of when she hates me and then when she comes back to be like, oh, my dad's cool. You're approaching the precipice. <laughs> right. I'm approaching the precipice where like, She's going to start hating me now. And then she's going to come back and she's going to be like, my dad's actually kind of cool and I love him. So that's the, that's the teenage girl. Uh, when I was, um, man, years ago, uh, I had this partner, uh, business partner, and he was like, your teenage girls, man, they just like, and he was going through it. He's like, they just leave like men, like mentally, emotionally, like leave, like they just hate you. There's nothing you can do. They just leave. And then like, they just come back. And like, then you can be friends again. <laughs> Let's just take some time. <laughs> Anyways, hoping to shorten that, shorten that vacation as long as I possibly can. Uh, okay. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe so you get the notifications and share this with your, with your friends and family, mem family members, please. And thanks so much for listening and uh, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.